You're about to experience the cultural phenomena that's sweeping the nation. Oh yeah, it's happening. Sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Stinky Pools podcast. Charlie has joined us hot from the den. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Paul and Liam here as well. Hello, guys. Hello. In a good mood. I take it, Millwall one. Very lucky. Very yeah. lucky, but so be it. So be it. Yeah. <laughs> what will be, will be. Lose, so <laughs> you missed an interesting discussion on the Da Vinci Code. Mm, hard to believe. Hard to believe. Yeah. Very hard to believe. You've ever seen the film? Uh, no, I don't think I've read the book. I've only ever read one Dan Brown book before, and that was Digital Fortress. Right. It seemed like there was a puzzle on every single page. But, uh, <laughs> it was like a big book of Sudoku. Yeah. <laughs> was just struggling to read. Yeah, much. We, were, we yeah. were trying to work out. We were, like we, we started the conversation on what you, we thought you would think of the Da Vinci Code. And the well, general, I have to be open-minded because I've never seen it or read it. But, but I, I don't know. general consensus was we thought you'd hate it. Really? Yeah. 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 yeah because it's popular. Because <laughs> it's a popular it's, film uh, on a book. <laughs> That's not such a bad thing. It was a sensation, so it's got to have it, its merits. But I wondered whether the film was considered to be a decent adaptation or what mm. was like a wildly popular book. Yeah, so, this is the thing we said every couple of years. You get this, yeah, you know, this phenomena, this literary phenomenon. Fifty Shades, 50 shades yes, was what exactly we said, right. but doesn't necessarily mean they're good, does it? No, That's no. the thing. It's intrigue. I think mm. that many people have read the book. Yeah, it must be brilliant. Oh, look at Stephen King books, the films. Every single one. But how many of the films are that amazing? He's that enamoured with most of the adaptations. I know he really liked the new It. Yeah, but because they're doing it in two parts, isn't they? Yeah, by the book. Yeah, great version of it. Actually, loved it. Watched that again the other night. I bought it and watched it and. Like that. Is it it just because of clowns? Yeah. I nearly punched a clown once. You nearly punched a clown? When I took my little brother to his primary school when we was younger, I was about 12, 13. No, I was 14. He was seven. And there was a clown at the front entrance of my old primary school. And I swear to God, he started making these. I was like, oh, I can't go in there. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I was like, get the clown away from me. Get the clown away. No one needs to dress up like that. This, this, <laughs> they're dressing Unless they're nuns. But that's what I mean. <laughs> that's exactly it. They're going to kill them. you or touch you. Yeah. There's no need for it. It's like scout leaders. And Father Christmas. Yes. Don't let your kids sit on your Children's knee. entertainers of any sort. Well, no one lets kids sit on your knee anymore, Charlie, so why would they let them sit for Christmas? Well, they're not allowed in a certain radius, so. <laughs> on that note, yeah, f- film this evening, <laughs> Liam's choice, what is it? Apocalypto. Apocalypto. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. So, before we do our review of Apocalypto, do you fancy some foreplay? Always. Let's do it. Mildred. Just going to lube up. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, had I done foreplay? One, two, three, four! Ah, ah, ah! <laughs> okay, foreplay for this evening. Topic, movie deaths. Not the best, not the goriest. Notable, worthy of talking about. I'm, I'm not fussed. Just four movie deaths from each of us. We can go wherever we want with this. Paul, give us a, a, a movie death that you want to chat about. Um, Han Solo. Oh! <laughs> oh! I thought you would pick that. Oh! See, now, before you, before you said, Liam, you've been struggling with this topic. Yes! How <laughs> many people can tell by my high pitch and Owen? <laughs> oh, that done me in. Yeah. Not you saying it, but the death. Oh, my word. Yeah. Spoiler alert for anyone who's not seen the yeah, I last Star Wars film. I think people are aware now. Yeah. Why is it notable? It's just... it. I mean, I'm a 40-something-year-old man, so grew up with Star Wars yeah. films. They've come back out in the last few years. He's been in it again, and it was just like... It was one of those characters, she's like... You can't kill him off. Is it part of your childhood gone? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not going to lie, I teared up. Me, yeah. me and Lewis in cinema, I was like, that moment where the whole cinema is that quiet. Mm. And like... Yeah. yeah, everyone's going... Mm. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> it's kind of like you look at your mate like, oh man, it's all right. Because it wasn't even that signposted, was it? It wasn't... No. It, there was no indication that was going to no, happen. and they didn't have to do it, obviously, like Carrie Fisher's one. Yeah. Obviously. It was a necessity. Yeah. 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 I think they say, though, that... Wasn't it that they'd mentioned that Harrison Ford, if they'd carried on, would not have been a big part of the films? I think that's so gradually what's happening with all of them anyway, off, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. go out on and top. I think he said, yeah. well, then kill me off if I'm not going to be a bigger yeah. part, take me out of the film. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, in a way, it was from what was read that it was quite an arrogant thing. But yeah. it's still, I didn't see it coming. It's like, mm. oh my god! Yeah, have you seen it, Charlie? Because you're not. No, a but mess. I was aware that even yeah. that's how sort of known it is that I was aware that Hansel gets killed off. Yeah. But you're not a massive fan. I, I did like the original uh, trilogy. Um, I think it's just been too much water under the bridge since I last saw them to know what I actually mm. think about them. Yeah. But I'll probably enjoy revisiting them. Okay. I loved Empire Strikes Back when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. loved it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, yeah, that got to you, mate, did it? Yeah, it, it was. It was more the shock than mm. than anything, and it was. It's, like, it's just. It's a character I've known probably forty years in films. Yeah, it's like watching so, a hero die. Yeah, yeah. In a way, and it's. Yes. He, he was my favourite character out of Star Wars. I was just about yeah. to say, is it more yeah. impactful than, say, Luke Skywalker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so Solo's Solo's badass. Is, and, like, and the comedy guy yeah. as well. Like, him and Chewbacca. Like yeah. the, I think they've tried to replace that with Finn in the newer ones. He's the newer Han Solo. That just played by you. What yeah. doing sort of thing. But yeah, good shout. Yeah. Thank you. Bastard. <laughs> it's gutted you didn't choose yeah. that. <laughs> I just couldn't think. My one. Hans Gruber in Die Hard. Was that one of yours, Liam? What I put down! <laughs> that was the slow motion death. Oh, off the side of the building. Yeah. Like a Tommy Plaza. Alan Rickman. Um, the story goes that John McTiernan, it was John McTiernan, wasn't it? I think directed Die Hard. Yeah. The director strung Alan Rickman 30 foot in the air to film him on like a green screen or a blue screen, whatever it was back then. And he said, It's all right, Alan, what we're going to do, we're going to count to three, we're going to let you go, and you're just going to hit the airbag. He counted to one. 
and let him go. <laughs> so that reaction you see of Alan Rickman go it was real. That actual fear on his face yeah. as his arms are flailing and he's going in slow motion. He was probably screaming, McTiernan, and you bastard!" Yeah. as he went down. Um, sorry, Liam, because I know you were struggling to yeah. find. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone, everyone's doing a bit for me. I have, just have this feeling that Charlie's probably going to do this. So, <laughs> have you got some honourable mentions or something you can fill that gap with, Liam, or or are you going to count that as yours as well? No, no, I'll, I'll find more as we go around. Okay, Charlie. Okay, John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. <gasps> Good call. Just the sheer kind of randomness of it, and because of the chronology of the film, you really aren't expecting it to go like that. I mean, obviously, you're aware of the Tarantino movie that it is going to be extremely violent, and some of the main characters might get killed off. But when that happens, it's so kind of mm. uh, not random, but it's it's definitely shocking, and the manner of it, the way in which he's just leaving the toilet after having a shit and Bruce Willis sees the gun on the side yeah. has to think for a split second and then just does him I remember being genuinely in awe of seeing that <laughs> for the first time I'll tell you what's a bit strange about that as well is obviously he still has a part in the movie afterwards exactly. because of the split time frame isn't it because he's still got yeah. you know the final scenes yeah. with um, Quentin Tarantino and Harvey Keitel and the bit in the diner at the end still to come after his death, isn't it? It's interesting how he, uh, there's still no pathos, though. Mm. Because with like Tarantino universe, it's just like, well, everyone's horrible and they do horrible things to each yeah. other, so everyone's sort of fair game. Yeah. You don't really dwell on it or feel sorry for anyone when they get topped, really. Great, great call. Yeah. Mm. Liam? Um, <clears throat> one of the ones that did come to my mind straight away was American History X. With the bite in the curb <laughs> head stomp, <laughs> just because mm. it's one of the ones that you, you can watch a million horror films and see stuff that probably would never happen, but that sort of stuff has happened. And just imagine if that feeling of oh, if yeah. he was biting on concrete and someone, oh, <laughs> just that alone, I'm cringing now. It doesn't even matter about the film, I mean, the film's a great film, but it's just that scene. Yeah, it's just like what a way to go. What a oof. to be able to do it as well. Yeah, you've got to have so much hatred in you to stamp on someone. Oh, yeah. Every time I think of it, I go. Oh. Yeah. I just think that's your teeth showing up in your head. And, oh, I think it's gone. That was one that I originally listed, but I was almost certain that someone would. Yeah. Oh, right. Like I swapped it. More than that later. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, it's a death from American Psycho. Okay. I don't know. It's more than one. Yeah, but, one particular. Um, it's the one where he's in his apartment and he's doing the review on Huey Lewis's album. <laughs> <laughs> As he's sort of walking around putting plastic coats on, yeah. um, and it's just his. Just his mindset as he's doing it just makes it all the more sort of scary and psychopathic. That whole matter of fact yeah. approach yeah, to yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, I, I just it always stuck with me. For the second time, ladies and gentlemen, Paul O'Leary. <laughs> <laughs> just reels them off, didn't you? <laughs> okay, my turn. Quint in Jaws. I thought that was one I was looking at today. I thought you'd pick that's why I did it. <laughs> um, 
as much as I adore Roy Scheider as Brody in that film and you know the great Richard Dreyfus Richard Dreyfus Dreyfus as as Hooper you can't deny the fact that Quinn is the star out of that trio mm-hmm. and I think he gets the perfect death for a man in his position. Yeah. The man that has lived on the sea, hunting sharks, fishing all his life. Yeah, very Ishmael. Yeah, exactly, it is your Moby Dick moment. Uh, and for him to go down and to go down fighting as well, still attacking it with a bloody machete as his legs are being bitten off. And, and watching that film as a kid, watching that blood spurt out of Robert Shaw's mouth, fantastic bit of filming yeah, and, yeah. And, and you just ignore the flaws of the fact that Bruce the shark was made out of rubber and it's, uh, it's just a perfect you get drawn end. into the film anyway so if you unless you sit there to critique it then you're not going to care what the shark looks yeah. like it's just you can't just like oh. think how think how recently I first saw it I mean it's been a few years now yeah I, I wasn't bothered whatsoever no. like, I don't think people are I don't think People look at Jaws and say, oh, that's of its age, that's a 1975 movie. Mm. Because there's so much in that movie that is just... And it's very rare that I say this about a film, that it's just perfect. Mm. It is just a I fantastic... I remember watching that as, like, 9, 10, 11-year-old and being so shit-scared of it. Yeah. But not wanting to stop watching. You and I, I, mm. as I... As you know, I don't like horrors and yeah. sort of, of that sort of ilk, but yeah, you just didn't want to stop watching it. It kind of spawned that whole fear of great white sharks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people knew what they were, but the fear became bigger and real from Jaws. It's another case of a massive blockbusting bestseller, wasn't it, Charlie? You know, that was the book of the summer the year before. It was huge, the Peter Benjamin I don't know who'd done the score for it. John Williams. Oh, no, I had to. Yeah, But those, like, but the actual death scene Quint's death scene yeah it's just a perfect end to a bloody great yeah. character mm-hmm. I think it's it's great um, in, in the book Hooper dies doesn't he in the cage yeah. isn't he knocking off Brody's he's knocking off Brody's well. wife in the book as well and he do, you know when he goes down in the cage Richard Dreyfus, mm. he actually dies in the book yeah, but they they wanted to change. Who wrote the book? Peter Lynch. He's the news reporter on the beach. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, very briefly in it. Yeah. Okay, Charlie. Okay, my next one is Josh Brolin in No Country for Old Men. Oh. I can't um, remember how he dies. So I don't think you actually see the death. Yeah. You see Javier Bardem enter the. I think he's in a motel. Yeah. And he leaves, and it's implied that Brolin's character is dead, but. The problem with this is, and I don't want to potentially spoil another choice that people may have, but it's very reminiscent of another big film where the protagonist is killed off and you just, you're just you at a loss as to what to make of how the rest of the film's going to develop. Mm. All the film is from that character's perspective. Oh, they I know die. where you're going with that. Yeah, Sorry, I'm but just I don't want to, <laughs> just in case someone else has chosen it. I wish I had that. And then so, suddenly <laughs> the film exists, even though the character who has been the main focal point, isn't there anymore. And I just remember being gutted because he was a good character, but also thinking, well, what the fuck's going to happen now? Yeah, it does seem strange if it's from his point of view. It is. Up until that point, and then... I, I think it's because the novel, the Cormac McCarthy novel, is from the 
Tommy Lee Jones character perspective who's playing the sheriff yeah so it makes more sense narratively in the book in the film it's it's odd it's odd but it 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 still works because I think it's an incredible film. And doesn't have your bard in his bolt gun or something he uses? Yeah, like he? a cattle thing. Yeah. And he puts it on their... Back of their head. And yeah. yeah. It's very sinister. I'm going to have to look at it because I can't remember that at all, even though we haven't even reviewed it, have we, No Country? I'm not too we? sure. Actually, I might be getting it wrong. I know he does die, and I think the shock element is that he is the main character. But I also think Kelly MacDonald's character gets killed, but you don't actually see it. Yeah. So it's one of the two. But You'll have way, to watch it again. Yeah. Or we'll have to watch Fantastic it again. Fantastic film. Oh, yeah, yeah, certainly. We'll have to do that, actually. That's yeah. I, I'd recommend it. Liam? And one that's actually just came to my mind is actually um, Passion of the Christ. What a death scene. It's the whole movie. But it's just when <laughs> it's the, the cat and nine tails and leading up to the death. The everything apart. Yeah, yeah just because mm. that used to happen. Is mm. what so, and how graphic they've done it in the film it as well. It is brilliant, isn't it? it it's, is there's a, no holes yeah. barred. They're not. Mm. Oh, let's move the camera away as they show. They yeah. show the cat nine tails in the flesh, pulling out. Yeah. They they show everything going through his hands when they're nailed to the cross. So it, that there. I mean, regardless, I'm not religious in any way, shape, or form. But that. That's a way to go. Way to go. <laughs> no wonder he's so iconic. That man. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus that is not Mel Gibson. Really nice segue. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, um, it's not a a death, be a a death sequence, mm-hmm. um, and strangely enough, Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a of oh. no, it's, it's, is there something um, to do with flask School? The, oh. There, once they get over onto the ridge, yeah, the, it is Calm. just it's just yeah. like a half hour, three quarters of an hour sequence of the most gruesome but realistic looking deaths you've ever seen mm. honestly watch it yeah definitely. It, the, the, it is so well filmed and just so stomach churning but you can't turn away yeah it i was is, thinking of that as well yeah it's just incredible keeps of nose how to kill people yeah. it does he certainly does yeah it, it reminded me of the beginning of saving private right yes yes yeah, 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 yeah comparisons I, are there but yeah People's like getting shot through the back of the head and the whole face is being blown off. I think I've just confused Hacksaw Ridge with Bone Tomahawk, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Hacksaw Ridge is the the Pacific conflict. Yeah, Yeah, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's when they get over the top and just. Yeah. And just can't get any further. (laughs) Yeah, it was. um, It's quite graphic, to say the least. So that whole battle sequence, any of the deaths in that. Yeah, you couldn't choose one in particular. It was just. As fast as you could notice one, another one was dying. Limbs somewhere were else. flying off. Of, yeah. and, and I just remember seeing them pulling one guy back whose leg had been blown off halfway through the fire, yes. and there was entrails hanging out, <laughs> and, that, and it was just, just a fantastic bit of film. Fantastic bit of gore. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulders of Orion. I watch sea beams glitter in the dark near the ten hours gate. All these moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. We're batty. Time to die. Blade Runner. Rutger Hauer at the end of Blade Runner. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen the original. Charlie, oh, I saw the scene today when I was looking at scenes. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen it quite recently, <clears throat> haven't we, Charlie? And I, 
I liked the film growing up and watched it a fair few times. But it wasn't until I saw it on the big screen four or five years ago. Mm. And it just became something totally different. It just, wow, this was... Obviously, it's in the medium you're supposed to see. It's on a big big screen, big sound, the thing that goes with it. And it's like watching it for the first time. And you actually do start feeling for these characters, these replicants. And Whereas before, you know, as a kid, I thought, oh, they're just the baddies, they're robots, you yeah. know. They're just, you know, there's a chase scene at the end and he dies. There's so much more to it. He's holding on to that dove. Which wasn't planned, was it? I think nice, apparently he actually yeah. caught that, and I think Rutger Hauer actually improvised last minute half of that speech. Really? Yeah, mm-hmm. he he had the script, and he knew what he wanted to say, and he actually rewrote it. And I think he ran it a little bit past Ridley Scott and said, "Look, I'm just yeah, going to totally off the cuff, but it was yeah. improvised nonetheless. Yeah, it was his work. And sure. um, I just love it. Just it's just that whole time to die." And just shuts his eyes, and the dove flies off. And I'm glad they improved it in the next cuts because they had filmed so long through the night. Originally, when you saw the dove fly up, yeah. it, was, it was daylight. Yes, and it totally fucks up the old yeah, tone the of the film. sequence of it all. So they've changed yeah. it back now, and it's a lot better. Go back and watch Blade Runner if you haven't seen it for yeah. a while in the, in sort of like adult eyes or something. No, no, it's, it's got to be twenty, thirty years. Top ten film for me. Mm. It honestly, gets better and better every time you see it. And you're a big fan, Charlie, of the new one as well, aren't you? Yeah, it's not as good, but I thought it was a worthy... I liked the cinematography of the new one. Yeah. Mm. But... Roger Deakins won the Oscar, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. about bloody times. Yeah, yeah. Well, 14 nominations. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> so that's mine. That's Roy Batty, as a name, in Blade Runner. <laughs> nice. OK. Um, I struggled to decide between two from the same film, so I'm going to mention them both. Have them both, go on. Okay, firstly, Salozzo in part one of The Godfather, <laughs> the scene in the Italian restaurant. <gasps> yeah. Absolutely incredible. The tension of that scene. Yep. Something Hitchcock would have been proud of. Definitely. I think. Um, and you might have one of mine then. Just great. And also, I've got, along with that, well, shall I leave it in case you're going to say it? Mine's from The Godfather. What, the series or the first one? From the first one. I think I know where you're going to go, so I'll leave you to it. Shall it's, I? It's not Sterling Hayden. It's is it sunny? It is. Yeah, <laughs> sunny's death is. Go with that because I've got. I've got another one. You go with sunny. I've got. I've got sunny's, another. So I've got another one. Mate, sunny's death in the first Godfather. I'm kind of immune to it now because I've seen the film that mm. many times. But I remember being absolutely devastated. Yes. Particularly when you think he's going to beat the crap out of someone who's his brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah, domestically violent to his sister. So, yeah. Um, it's a brilliant twist, but. It's also very brutal, the sheer amount of times he's, he's being well, shot. Even, you even see the bullet holes in the face, don't you? Yeah. Which was quite rare for a film at that time. It's it's just the whole thing, isn't it? Because the whole house is on lockdown, isn't it? Because I think it's just after the attempt on, on Don's life, Don's isn't life. It? it? It's Bonnie and Clyde, the end of Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Acid. yeah, and he gets in the car because Connie rings up his sister and says like the husband's beating her up. So he goes storming off in the car, and you're not supposed to leave the compound because, you know, there's people out to kill the family. And he gets to a toll booth, doesn't he? Yeah. And he pays the toll. You can hear the bell ringing for the gates to open. And the guy behind the counter shuts the door, shuts the window, doesn't he? And and the shutter, he... and ducks down. And you think, what the fuck's happening here? And then a car pulls up behind, or in front, behind. Uh, both, actually. Yeah. yeah. Both, so we can't... Block move. him in, and 400 bullets go flying into the it's car. Fucked, mate. 
but it's it's you think it's sort of like just a random mm. not random attack obviously it's premeditated but you don't realise how uh, engineered it was to yeah. do with his brother-in-law and that until yeah, the exactly. end of the film yeah fantastic and, and James Calm just falls out of the car but he's still standing up and he's still being shot and he's being yeah. twisted and turned by all these bullets pumping into him and and that's very much a turning point of the film is from that point where Michael is like the de facto yeah that's leader. where it all goes yeah yeah I've got another one then, so I can okay, you can yeah can have that one, mate. Liam, I'm gonna go with John Coffey in the Green Mile. <laughs> oh. Excellent. Just purely because ha- because you I cried at this emotional. one as well. Yeah, you did. Yeah. It, it, oh, I, if I was an actor, that would use the Green Mile's method acting to make myself cry. Just, I mean, you look at John Coffey; he's a huge giant black guy that's. You would you would never think that he's able to be so soft, and it's how everyone acts around him when he gets put in the electric chair, and he says like, "Don't put me in the dark, boss." Yeah, and like they're all, I mean, they will start crying, they're fighting back tears, holding back tears, and that. It's just if you can't, well, I mean, if you can't not like that film, there's something wrong with you. But that is such an emotional death. He didn't deserve to die. <laughs> They killed him with their love, boss. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, like I said to you. Jason. It is. Yeah. We, we reviewed Green Mile, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Years ago. We, we did Boondock Saints as well. Oh, it was, and that, the Lion King. Yeah. Great film. <laughs> Lion King, I was going to mention that as an honourable death. So that's another one he grew up But I'm not going to. <laughs> Paul. It's a bit of a strange one. It's from a, it's from a crap film, but. You know when you've got an actor that you know and love and you you watch every film and it's Samuel L. Jackson, right? Oh. And you, you never expect a star like Samuel L. Jackson to die in a film, let alone in the first like half hour or so. It's Deep Blue Sea. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. Totally it's, unexpected. It, it's it's not a great film by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Is that the one that's got LL Cool J? Yes. Yes, well, yes with his parrot or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, half hour, three quarters an hour in, this shark comes up and grabs him and... He's just having a, a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, you don't even think it's coming, do you? Yeah. And it, it's just so unexpected. And I was so gutted because yeah. I'd gone to see the film because it was Samuel L. Jackson. And I'm thinking... Oh, you just imagine him getting eaten by a shark, couldn't you? Go, <laughs> motherfucking shark! <laughs> just like, oh man, fuck you! Yeah. Wasn't there a Stephen Seagal when he died in the first twenty minutes? The executive decision. Oh really? With I've Kurt Russell. That. Yeah. Well, is it Gary Oldman takes over the plane? Is that the one that Air Force One up in? The... That's um, that's Air Force One. Oh, right. <laughs> Gary Oldman was in that. Though. That's Air Force One with yeah. Gary Oldman. There's one with Kurt Russell where a plane's taken over. It might be Air Force One, the actual plane, I can't remember. But Steven Seagal goes in as a member of the SWAT team to yeah. go into the plane while it's in mid-air yes. and gets killed in the first 15 minutes. But yeah. you think it's a Steven Seagal movie, the way it's all been... The trailer, it's yeah. all been built up. And then Kurt Russell ends up being the, the star of the movie. Mm. Totally unexpected. That made me jump, actually, when that shot yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, it was. And I was the next... Like three quarters now, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually think so. Like, when we was thinking of deaths, mm. because of like my for horror films and stuff, yeah, and thinking of that sort of t- I'm not thinking of that accidental death, but think I'm not thinking of because deaths actually happen in quite a lot of films, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing I'm thinking of like films where people have to die, 
And, yeah. and it's when people are saying things like that, I'm like, oh yeah, I completely yeah, forget. That, and then other films come into mind, I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> My one, Charlie's just pushed me towards this one by something he just mentioned. And it's similar to what we've just said, Paul, about how a character gets killed off early. Mm. But then there's a reason for it and it changes the whole tone of the film. And it was 78 shots, 52 cuts or something. And it's 90 seconds of cinema. It's probably the most famous death in movie history. And it's Janet Leigh in Psycho. Oh, yeah. oh right, yeah. Just that whole 90 second sequence yes. is like an orchestra finely tuned each different cut is timed to the music from Bernard Herman as each stab goes in you don't actually see a knife yeah. into the body you don't actually see anything no. um, and for 1960 in black and white it was probably the most shocking thing people had seen Hitchcock wanted to make the film purely so we could film that scene really that was the whole intention behind yeah. it it's toned down from the book in the book she's actually decapitated Nice. Robert Block. Robert Block, yeah, in, in the book. He's, she's actually has, he actually cuts her head off. But probably, you know, people say, oh, Black Christmas or Halloween was the birth of the slasher movie. Mm. Well, there's a bit of influence there somewhere, yeah. you think. You know, intentional or otherwise. It's, it owes a lot to the history of the horror movie, that film. And that particular scene. Yeah, it's a very iconic scene. Yeah, yeah and, and Hitchcock laid down a rule that nobody was to be entered into the auditorium once the film started. Cinemas had to shut the doors once the reel started because... Great with him. Yeah. In general. Because if somebody came in 15 minutes into the movie and they'd go, well, where's Janet Leigh? Yeah. And she's billed as number one above Anthony Perkins. And he was very clever because in the trailer he shows a part of the shower sequence. But the woman in the shower is... I can't remember her name, but it's the woman that plays her sister. Not Janet Leigh. Yeah. The one who goes to the hardware store. Yeah, to find her. So it's her, I can't remember her name for the life of me, but you you see the curtain open and it's her, not Janet Leigh. So you Mm. don't know Janet Leigh or the audience at the time didn't know that Janet Leigh was going to be murdered, at least not in the first 20 minutes anyway. Um, Very clever. Very influential death, I think. Charles? Um, We seem to mention this film all the time. We mentioned it in the last couple of episodes, I think, but it's train spotting again, and I just think that there's the scene involved with the baby dying is, oh, yeah. is as affecting yeah. as anything yeah. I've ever seen yeah, on film, definitely. really. So I had to mention it because of that, not because it's particularly... Well, it's graphic in the sense that you see the, the baby after it's died, but it's it's more the... It's the, the reaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know people who, who can't watch the film outright because of that scene, yeah, or they have to walk out when that... It's rare in films you see children dying, let alone babies. Yeah. Mm. Th- I've always said, if you want to make a film that shock value, mm. kill, it sounds like kill a baby, yeah. kill an animal, like yeah. with um, American Psycho when the dog gets killed. You know, there's things, if, if you do that sort of stuff, yeah. you're going to a different level yeah. that it's, people will be disgusted. It's strange how we don't think twice about adults getting killed. Yeah. Yet. As you said, children or animals yeah. and all of a sudden it's shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an unwritten rule in disaster movies that the dog never dies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. Although doesn't um in the Will Smith one, doesn't his dog die? Um in well, legend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the dog yeah, does. I think it does. It's not a disaster movie. It's a, it was a disaster of a movie. It's a disaster yeah. of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, <what's> 
Train spotting. Good one. Yeah. Um, this has been so difficult for me. Yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? But then uh, when you think about it, there's loads. There's loads it? that can come up and there's about a million that could go into my mind right now. Um, but I'd probably go with Apollo Creed dying in 94. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well done. Definitely. Because yeah. it's just... You love the Rocky films. Yeah. Rock, Rocky Four is the best Rocky film. Don't matter what anyone says. But I'll, I'll, I could argue, but I'll, I'll just carry on. I will box you outside. It's just when they're shouting for Rocky to throw in the towel, and, yeah. and Apollo doesn't want him to, and it's just kind of like he's torn. Like, what do I do? Yeah. And then it's that if he dies. He dies. It's like, like what Paul you. said, it's such a well loved character that you've watched yeah. over the previous yeah. three yeah. movies and you think they're indestructible, yeah. don't you? Certain characters will yeah. go on forever. You know? So even when he beat Rocky in the first movie, you mm. weren't you didn't hate him. No, no, no. You, no. you liked the guy. He yeah. still had that yeah. suave he wasn't yeah. an arrogant yeah. like Floyd Mayweather style. It was yeah. like mm. he was still that showman you think, oh, I hope. It's like have you seen Creed? Yeah. No, I yeah. In, in Creed obviously he's still Rocky. Balboa, and it's I think it's Stallone at his best in Creed. Yeah, when he but, he, but he gets cancer. Yeah, and throughout that whole sequence, you're thinking, "Don't die, Rocky! Yeah. Please <laughs> do not die. And that's the not thing. like this." <laughs> if you watch Rocky Five, yeah. you could have gone, "Joe, we started killing." Yeah, get, get him in there. But yeah. you watch Creed, and I mean, oh. I did like Rocky Balboa as well. But mm. Creed, it was as soon as he got ill, I was like, "Don't die! You can't kill Rocky. <laughs> the man's going to outlive everyone." Man. Yeah, let Creed's son die before Rocky dies. <laughs> But yeah, that for me, remember watching it and it was yeah. just like, because the whole, the whole entire scene around it was like shock and just upset. Yeah. And it is, he's such a great character, you just, you didn't want to see him die. And he goes into the funeral, doesn't he, and Stone's got the big teardrop yeah. sunglasses on, the big Ray-Bans and the aviator glasses, and, and it's just that whole 80s soundtrack. Yeah. It's just... Uh, I, don't, I think... To me, there wasn't anyone more evil in the world than Ivan Drago. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Do you know, it, it spawned a hatred for Russians. Wow. <laughs> well, at the time, I was a kid. It I didn't know it was the Cold War. I think there was quite a hatred for it. It balanced it out quite nicely because he doesn't like black people. So. <laughs> me? Joke. I jest, genuinely. Like, I would not have said that if that oh. was the case. Oh. This is the person who insulted my Irish heritage. Well. <laughs> Also have Irish heritage, so oh, money in the bank. Sure. <laughs> we got any honourable well. any honourable mentions? Loads. Yeah. Do you want to rattle them off or um, I'll go for you, a few quick ones. Give us a few that we could have had. Um there was actually one that I actually thought was quite upsetting. Yeah. Was Guardians of the Galaxy Two. Yeah. If you've all seen that. Yeah. I've seen it, yeah. It's when yes. um I've forgotten the guy's name. But uh, what's his name? It's not Drake. Drake. It's, I can't remember, but um, one of the characters that's always been either one of the. Um, I can't think of anything, so let's skip this girl to Bob. I'm a fucking idiot in a rubber suit. <laughs> no, he no, wasn't one actually. Very... Wasn't one of the Guardians. Not the Michael No, no, no. no, no, no the, one one Michael the, the one with the fin on his head. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Rooker. Yeah. Yeah. Was... Well, I don't know his character's name, I just know Michael oh, Rooker. No, it was, it was him, Drake, but, um, Drake, it was something like that. Yeah. Drax. Drax. No, no, it wasn't Drax. That was Dave Batista. But it's when he does like the whole Mary Poppins scene. Yeah. And he finally realises that he's done good and he's helped out and he's decided mm. that's it, you know what, I, I, you just go, I, I'm going to kill myself for this now. Yeah. He was one of the scavengers and that and it was yeah. like, and when he died and he had the really nice send off, mm -hmm. Stallone was in that bit as well. Yeah. yeah. Which was good. Yeah. But that was one. Yep. 
Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie version, yeah. when he stamps on a man's skull <laughs> and you see the eye socket fracture and break down. Yeah. And the ha- that's disgusting as hell, but brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Private Pickle in Day of the Dead, when he gets torn apart and has Ripped his eye. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then everything, that is mm. just gruesome as hell. Yeah. And one that I am going to throw out there mm-hmm. is when Bambi's mum. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. The, the, I actually the thought of putting that one in there. Yeah. The classic. Yeah. I'll, I'll, end, I'll end mine on that note. There's loads yeah. more, but I'll end on yeah. that one. We could actually probably do this topic again in a few months' yeah. time because I think there's so many we could think of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Right, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with Apocalypto. Apocalypto, released in the UK on the 5th of January 2007, directed by Mel Gibson, and I'm regretting this already because it stars Rudy Youngblood. Who is a Native American. He is. He's only been in one little thing before that. Yeah. One of his brothers, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could. Dalia Hernandez, Jonathan Brewer, Morris Bird Yellowhead, Carlos Emilio Baez, and numerous other people whose names I'm not even going to attempt. Mel Gibson didn't want... He wanted to go for more non-actors Yeah. to make this film a bit more authentic. These guys weren't in anything beforehand. A lot of them haven't gone on to much after it by the look of it. Um, The synopsis very quickly. As the Mayan Kingdom faces its decline, a young man is taken on a perilous journey to a world ruled by fear and oppression... Liam, you chose this movie. I'm going to let you go first, mate. Well, well, what can I say? I, I chose this film because I, 
I've seen it twice before, three times now. It just, the first time I saw it, it just kind of just, it was so gripping. Mm. It was something, I, I'd never seen a film like that before. It's unique, Nothing isn't it, this like film? That, yeah. yeah. Um, and in the sense of, it's, it's just a different bit of culture as well. You, you see often in films about black, white, Chinese, mm-hmm. but it's very, like Mayans and stuff like that. And I'm, when I saw it, I was actually um, with Dan Hill yeah. years ago when I first saw it. And we ju- he, they chucked a film on, and I was like, oh, okay, what's this? And they said, oh, Mel Gibson made it. I was thinking, what the hell am I going to be watching? Yeah. And I absolutely love the film. Mm. It's just, it's so brutal. There isn't much um, dialogue in it that is even no. needed as such either. Yeah. It's the action speaks for itself. And it's, I mean, when we're talking about deaths and that, there's a few in it. <laughs> I mean, you could literally have picked four just from that film. Yeah. For that, but I absolutely love that film. Okay. Paul, you've seen this before? No, watched it Monday night for the first time. Well, this would be interesting then, because Charlie, you've seen it before, haven't you? Yeah, it's your second watch. Okay, so as a first time watch? It will be the only time watch. Oh. Paul doesn't like films we have to read. Right, because this was, as I was watching this last night, I was thinking one of you guys mentioned that you don't like French films. I don't like French. It was people. you, wasn't it? So then I'm thinking, is it because of the subtitles? Because you no. quite happily watch this. I, I just don't like French. I'm, I'm, <laughs> right, so I'm but he's got a thing for minds. Um, yeah, they look nice. This it was is nothing to do with the subtitles. Go for it, then. Go on, I, this is intriguing. I just yeah. did not rate the film in the slightest. It didn't, wow. It didn't engage me. I didn't understand the reason for making the film. Um, I didn't see it as a bit of history that needed to be told and to be honest I didn't know what they were trying to tell there was some strange flaws in it as well like little bits like where he says I'm walking here as if he's a New Yorker Midnight Cowboy I know yeah. I, I did yeah. see that yeah. uh, the, the actual filming of it it's beautifully filmed yep. don't get me wrong it's really well done apart from the panther sequence oh right Jaguar. yeah Jaguar yeah uh, kind of goes with his name it's why it's there yeah. but the animatronics yeah, and all that especially the close up of it it looked like something you bought off a shelf in Toys R Us that they were <laughs> I mean, trying to stab when was this 96 2007 I think so there's no excuse for not having CGI no. in this then but the, the thing is the, the chase mm. of the Jaguar up to that point very good yeah uh, um, but it was when they got close up it just you all of a sudden went really it's like you, you'd have been better off filming it from far and leaving it with a bit more imagination a bit yeah. more imagination yeah um, I think it's because you see where it sinks its teeth into the man's face yeah, yeah. And rips his flesh off it looks like a puppet yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the only does, thing I would say yeah. in the film that is poor. But, yeah, but th- it's a film Spike Lee gives to his students at NYU mm-hmm. to say to them that is how directing and filmmaking should be right. done. So, don't get me wrong, uh, the directing, the filmmaking of it, yeah, great. Good looking but film. I just did not engage. Didn't engage. Didn't enjoy it. Thought it was too long. Okay. Um, did you switch off then, and then it just suddenly became a bit of a chore towards the end? I had. I watched about an hour of it. Yeah. Went and made myself dinner to try and enable myself to watch the second yeah. bit of it because I, it was just it lost me from early on. 
not a problem, as we've said before, because it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea no. in the films. We we've had this, and we also said that the benefit of having four of us here, we're going to get four different opinions. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Charlie, but I like that because we agree far too readily on I films, so. me and you, don't I we? Think so, yeah. Um, it's it. Every podcast needs a poll. <laughs> Basically, uh, <laughs> so, thanks. No, but they. Back. But, but, yeah, every podcast, every <laughs> shit sandwich. <laughs> because. No, why can't just just a ball? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not digging out of this at all. It's Charlie and I. We very rarely disagree on a movie, and mm. we tend to choose movies that we know we're going to like. That's been problematic, yeah. I think. For yeah, because yeah, you're not going to get. A true review of a film if you both say yeah loved it yeah. yeah and and people have actually said to us when they've listened to the podcast they love it when we don't like a movie or we disagree but that's very rare that we do disagree we we both see I think you need things. to have like we were saying last week when we um, mm. was talking that you need to have that argument per se mm. about something as to why you like something why you don't like something what yeah. makes it good or because, yeah, if we turn around and said, yeah, every film we've ever reviewed is absolutely amazing, we yeah. all love it, there you go. Someone would listen to that and go, this I can't stand the film, yeah. make me watch a piece of crap. Or the, yeah. or the podcast will become boring because this, these are the guys that always like love a movie and give it five stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's not like yeah. films that people haven't heard of either. Mm. So, yeah. See, no, that's, that's cool. I'm, no, I'm, I mean, I didn't set out to dislike the movie. Yeah. Um, if you didn't enjoy I, it, you didn't I gave it, it a yeah. fair watch. Yeah. I'm not going to enjoy every movie I watch and... That unfortunately is one that I would not revisit. Okay, no, that's that's not a problem, Charles. Um, I think it's an excellent film. I really See? do. Um, it, I was in a similar situation to Liam when I first saw it. Uh, someone just put the DVD on, mm. said, "Oh, this is Apocalypto." I had no expectations, didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I said Mel Gibson directed this, which probably, even though in subsequent years I've come to realise that whatever I think of the man, he is an excellent. Director, yeah. yes, he's really good. Um, I, if anything, the fact that Mel Gibson was involved might be slightly apprehensive because I mm. thought it might be a little bit sort of schmaltzy yeah. or comedy. Yeah. But I just, I was. We said about um, Whiplash mm. a few weeks ago about how when when that film finishes, your heart's still racing. Yeah. I had very much the same experience yeah. with Apocalypse. I never felt after the opening scenes that were trying to show you the sort of like anthropological way of that civilization. After that, I never thought there was any respite in the film. It was just like 100 miles per hour. And it's interesting that I slagged off Marvel films for it recently. Yeah. And actually, yeah. that was one of the main aspects <laughs> that I enjoyed about Apocalypto. But um, I think it's the mixture of what you say, 100 miles an hour, but also the Mayan history yeah, was a real thing. So you definitely. can get hooked into that and go, it's fine it's 100 miles an hour because it's but also just, it's, it's, yeah. it's a topic that I can't think of any other film that has covered this era I think it's, that's why I like it so much is that it was always something in history that we never got taught at school or something Yeah. but to look at it and for Mel Gibson to have done a film that you wouldn't you just wouldn't have thought but I mean well, Mel Gibson at, filmmaking look at it on paper we're yeah. going to go back to the what is it the 1400s or something isn't yeah. it I think and, and we're going to make a two hour movie about a tribe that you may not have heard of, yeah. and we're going to give you the uh, a roller coaster ride for two and a half hours of this great love story, this great adventure, lots of blood, lots of gore, lots of action, edgy seat stuff, 
obviously Paul didn't get that side of it but that's how they would have sold the film and people would go but it's about the Mayans yeah, and also, <laughs> that, that, I genuinely think the film would have been bigger maybe not well definitely not better if they'd had known stars yeah I think it's done well because it yeah. didn't yeah but I thought the ending was a little bit ropey in total good ending uh, cinematically but <clears throat> I don't think the Spanish got to Mexico until about 200 years after the Mayans died out. do you know that's supposed to be at the end with the ships yeah. it's supposed to be Christopher Columbus well that yeah the Spanish that was that that would would be it? he, it's supposed he to be over there in 1492 yeah. wouldn't it yeah. yeah and that's what that is I mean they don't credit it so it's the beginning of the end then isn't it that's yes. what it is it's the it's the end of civilization yeah, it doesn't matter anyway though because mm. if you want to if you want to do research and you want to find out facts don't watch films yeah yeah, yeah that's exactly. true yeah Mel Gibson as a director then top draw uh, yeah yeah <laughs> I say that's very surprising because if I was to go back to the man that was in Lethal Weapon I'd never have thought I bet he could never make a great film. So you're 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 going to agree with that though, Paul? Because this yeah, is a well-directed film. And I didn't realise Hacksaw Ridge was his. Yeah, and I'm really impressed with that. I mean, that was a fantastic film. And what did we say? Braveheart, Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Yeah. I read a review of Apocalypto that said one of the biggest compliments that you can play pay Mel Gibson as a director is that he makes films for himself. Yeah. and not for other people and yeah. that's what good art is really he doesn't yeah. just succumb to what the expectations are yeah. who would have where would this latent demand for a film about Mayan civilization have been until he just decided to do it it really would have just been a project that was close to his heart yeah. and I, I think, think came out successfully yeah because he said that he just want, he wanted to make a film obviously but he wanted to be so raw and authentic that it didn't it wouldn't be a big Hollywood style, style of film in any way, shape, or form. It exists in its own field, doesn't yeah. it, this film? It's definitely. also surprising that there was nothing off the back of this. We didn't get a whole slew of these type of movies. No. Apocalypto now. <laughs> it had to be said. How long have you been But we didn't, did we? You know when you know, Hollywood cashes in on a genre yeah, or, a, or a style a of film that, of and then you get a whole load of them. Similar it's the sort of film that came about and then I think it's... I wonder if it's one of them sort of like type of films that maybe directors and that are scared to touch just in case they can't do history justice because or, or perhaps Gibson's made the perfect version that, of that's that what, film. yeah because yeah. uh, from what I was reading he went round to people down in like Southern America and that just mm. asking them of any history that they had had yeah. from family members to say what had been passed on they got I think it was the Mayan King who's sitting at the top of the mm. pyramid he was a dock worker that they literally got to come in and help and be the king just to sit there. Oh, right. So he went with literal nobodies and yeah. the odd few people that had been in stuff. But So these are genuine sort of indigenous people down in, in South America that mm-hmm. have got some links to this old civilization. basically. A lot of these extras and things like that. Yeah. The old boy with the one arm, he looked like yeah. he could tell a tale. There's a bit in it with that, that when they're walking and on the back he's got like, what I can only assume is a little papoose, but with like a little yes. scary dwarfy snowboard with... guy, yeah. Mm. Like Philidomite, so he's got tiny yeah. little. That was us, like, hmm. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Charlie. It's like Charlie sitting on my back. <laughs> Just going to go back to Paul because he's. he's... Probe him. <laughs> he likes Not that. again. No. Yeah. Lube this time. You wouldn't recommend this film to anybody, Paul? No. Okay. Um, are you a fan of historical films? You are. I am, yeah. To, to I, a certain lo- I like films that are 
based on or tell a true story, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to... Can I just ask, do yeah. you not think mines were real then? Or true? <laughs> yeah, I do. Because then that would be a, based on a true events. No. they did slaughter no. people. Well, he's saying this isn't like a historical recorded fact. This is something that could have happened. Like a solar well. eclipse happens in 30 seconds, like it did in the film. But it's based on what the Mayans believed, and the Mayans believed that. They believed it. No, I'm God. saying when it was filmed, it went from daylight to pure darkness back to daylight in, what, 20, 30 seconds, whereas it takes about half hour. Which, you know, that's the thing. I, we all know that, but <laughs> the whole point of the film isn't to be that way. It's that that's what the Mayans believe. So in the Mayans, that's how the Mayans saw it. Everything they saw was spiritual, and that's how they... Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not, not that disputing that. I'm just. I, I think what you mean film. is not for yeah, me to say for you, but you prefer something that's actually about an event that happened, yeah. as opposed to. The yeah, general. this this is pure speculation. Even the language in it was speculation because they don't know what they actually spoke. Well, that was uh, based on the people that still speak it, though. Yeah, currently, but not not what was spoken six hundred years ago. So I bet that when he got to the point where. You've got this all sort super this sort of supernatural element to it, where the dead are talking. Character, mm. the dead one started coming back to life. Yeah, that probably just really sealed it for you at that point. No, Did I don't it? mind that and yeah. because, especially if um, indigenous, the Native Americans, mm. they all have their spirit animals yeah. and, mm. and things like that. I'm, I totally. Oh, you fine was on board with that. with that. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, it wasn't for me. No, that's fine. I, I no, no, can't say anything no. fair on that. I don't want to slate the film because you all love it. But for Horses me, for courses, I wouldn't watch it? it again. I wouldn't watch anything like it again. Yeah, you wouldn't recommend it? No. Okay. Stars for you, just while we're... Uh, because it was, it was very beautifully filmed and it was well directed, yeah. so two and a half. Oh, well, that's, that's more than I thought. Did you write Mildred Pierce or two? No, two of Mildred Pierce. <laughs> Half a star, the Mildred Pierce. Yeah, because it was in colour. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> the dialogue wasn't rushed. So, all right, let's 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 chat more Mel Gibson then, because I love Mel Gibson as an actor, as a director, as a person, as a person. He's a bit of a man crush actually, Mel Gibson. Mm. If I was going to get bumped up by anyone, it'd be Mel Gibson. Related to that alcoholic yeah. racist sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jew hating. Yeah. 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 Him and David Hasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> Mel Gibson, it was the right point in time as a as a teenager that Mel Gibson appeared as Mad Max for yeah. me. So he's one of these guys whose career. He was a heartthrob back then. Exactly, he was. He was only like early twenties, wasn't he, yeah. when Mad Max came out? I think his early 80s. Yeah. So. You know, I've sort of grown up with Mel Gibson, and to see him develop into making something like this. Braveheart's one of my favourite films ever. It's got its flaws, but I still, it's a guilty pleasure. See, I didn't even realise he made Braveheart. Yeah, but they, again, as Charlie he, he chooses things that he's got a passion for, and that was a passion project, Braveheart. That was something that he really wanted to get his teeth into. It certainly wasn't to obvious do. to make that film at that time. No. I think if you look no. at the films he's made, none of them are anything like the other. And True. And he, he, if you watch them, they are purely films that... As you said, he's done what he wants, mm. not what he thinks. Oh, somebody might like this. He's because uh, not one or any. He's not afraid to put the most graphic details and deaths and stuff. Yeah, he can pull at the heartstrings. He gets you thinking, and 
from somebody who's gone from doing the films of Mad Max, Lethal Weapon and stuff, Ooh. you'd never have thought that man's not going to make films that you genuinely could love. Yeah, and the thing is, as somebody just pointed out, you put this next to Passion of the Christ, next to Braveheart, next to Hacksaw Ridge, you'd think it was four different yeah. directors. Oh, yeah. yeah, you would not link those four films yeah. at all. There's, is there anything that you could pinpoint down and say, that's what makes this a Mel Gibson movie, or that's what makes Braveheart a Mel Gibson movie? I'd probably only go some... Detail in Death. Detailing death. Yeah, no, that's... Because you look at all of them, there's... Yeah, Every single one has enough, like, little bit of detail in when someone's being killed. They don't just pan away and go, well, guess what, they're probably dead. They're all fairly graphic films. You see it all. That's the only thing I could say you could link to it. Same composer for this as Braveheart as James Horner, I think. I'm pretty sure it's the same composer. Lots of blue paint. set in foreign lands. I'm saying foreign lands and blue paint. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, has he ever directed a film that was set in America or Australia did he direct The Patriot or was he just starring in The Patriot I, I think he starred in it I don't yeah think. I don't think he directed it did he Gallipoli I was also thinking The Patriot's Day then, that's Peter it? Weir wasn't it yeah that's an early film yeah. for him wasn't it just thinking of anything with an Australian <laughs> yeah. crocodile Dundee yeah but yeah it's Neighbours it's an home of the way but he's an intriguing I don't know, non intriguing choice to be a director is, as you said, it's quite unexpected that, that Mad Max directed this. Yeah. And directed it bloody well. Yeah. Despite the flaws that Paul may have found with it, he has admitted that cinematic, cinematographically it was a brilliant looking film, yeah. beautiful looking yeah. movie, yeah. good soundtrack. And, and even know. watching it for the first time, it's, what, 12 years old? Mm. You, you couldn't tell the age of the film because it, it was. It's a historical piece, yeah, isn't it? Was, it was beautifully filmed. Mm. Just for me, the story was lacking. Yeah. I tend to find when actors direct films, like really established actors, they do it out of a sense of frustration about what's being made. Yeah, yeah I suppose they've worked Ben Affleck's like that. Yeah. Ben Affleck is not a great actor at all. No. He made The Town. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was right. a brilliant film. Great film. Argo. Argo, yeah. And that's why when people said about him being Batman, I thought, if he can direct it, that could be a good Batman but obviously they carried on and they said he had some input, but I think it is, yeah, some actors probably think, I've wanted to do this in films before as actors. They don't even want to be directors, they just want to get a certain story out. Yeah, yeah. And actually my choice for next time applies to to this, so I'll say no more. (laughs) (laughs) It's an interesting departure. There is one thing we need to discuss before we close this conversation. I mentioned it briefly, quite cryptically, before you turned up, Charlie, and Liam went, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you want to tell them, Liam? Because I, I read it in the trivia part of IMDb, and yeah. I thought, that that can't be true. Is but Liam said, I watched it and I spotted this actual thing. It's not in... anything to do with a bullet. No, 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 no. no. It's... Not... It, you can see, but I don't think... I still don't think it's real, and they say it's not, but... Do you know where Jaguar Paul f- runs away and then he falls into that pit of dead bodies? Yeah. Well, there's some that are fresh dead bodies with still blue paint on. Yeah. And it's alleged that if you slow down, you can see Where's Waldo. Where's Wally? Or, yeah, yeah, we call it Where's Wally over there. So where's Waldo? Seriously? Uh, that would be red and white striped. Right. But can you ever find him in amongst everything else? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah but that's amongst colour. That's all the... Yeah. Brown and dead no, bodies. There was blue. Blue. Yeah. They also wearing yeah. blue paint. A lot of them had blue paint on them. 
and there's a scene where you see two blue legs that they allege is where he is, but they have said that it, they didn't go with it in the end. They done it as a an Easter egg sort. Of yes. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was it was one frame. Now yes. you imagine film runs at twenty four frames a second, so it's one twenty fourth of a second. Yeah. It appears, and it apparently didn't appear in the DVD version. No, it's just. I'm just trying to find the actual bit on IMDb where I read it. I mean, they did actually decide when you go on to look at videos of it, people have purposely made the film and then actually just put a real man sitting there, as (laughs) obvious as day, dressed up. Here we go. I'll, I'll, I'll read what it says on IMDb. Wally appears in the cinematic version of Apocalypto for just one frame where Jaguar Paw falls into the pit of disposed corpses with matching red and blue background colours. This inlay is not animated, rather a one-frame human mannequin yeah. setup. In Apocalypto, Wally is laying dead amongst the corpses with an arrow shot through his head. The DVD edition has this frame cut out. Gibson himself jokes about the scene in the film's DVD and Blu-ray commentary track. We have got to find that one frame on Google and put it on the... Oh, you putting that in, what else is he putting in? What, how many swastikas are there in the films? <laughs> And Charlie's back. <laughs> what else? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Where's Wally? He quits the swastikas. No, I'm just thinking of his politics. <laughs> he wants to find a cartoon character yeah. in a book or he wants to <laughs> Jewish hating killers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll take a break, we'll be back after this with what we're watching next time. <laughs> Now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. What we're watching next time is Paul's Choice. Over to you, sir. Um, it's a 1987 classic, in my opinion. Um, Robin Williams, Forrest Whitaker, and Good Morning Vietnam. Second Robin Williams film for us, isn't it? Oh. Fisher King? Maybe. Fisher King, definitely. Not sure if we've done anything else. I like the sound of that. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, up for that, Liam? Yeah, I'm not. Yep. Okay. Good morning, Vietnam. Next time, you can listen to this episode and others on the website, which is stingypaws.libsyn.com. You can follow us on Twitter at stinkingpaws. Find us on the Facebook group and emails and mp3s to the stinkingpaws at gmail.com. Pleasure as always, chaps. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. See you all next time. The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid Arms, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope, so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking. Helps you on the way, my friend. 
when things look black. Try positive thinking, treat every season as spring. No glancing back. Try positive thinking, trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.